All right, I'm rolling as well. Oh yeah, so do you want to start or do you want me to start it? Uh, you start, you start it. You, you pretty good last time. Hello and welcome to the fourth best Arsenal podcast. Uh, it's an Arsenal podcast with me, myself, Stephen Uhaldi, joined by Monty Rossetti. Hello, hello. We are uh, two hardcore gooners. Uh, work for NBC Sports. All we do is talk Arsenal all day. So we decided, what the heck, let's just do a podcast. And this is our inaugural debut podcast. Let's hope it goes well. Uh, I will say that, uh, I mean, if you're an Arsenal fan, you understand the joke, fourth place. But I think this year, based on the way our transfer window went, I got to say fourth place might be a little ambitious. It is very ambitious. It is very ambitious. We've always went for fourth place, it seems like, in the last at least 10 years. And now it seems like we might have to change our name at the end of the season to, like, the sixth best or seventh. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, we're not placing it. <laughs> we won't get too married to the name and. uh uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep our logo written in pencil. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I guess the, the the news of the week is the Premier League transfer window deadline day fiasco that mm-hmm. Arsenal had. Uh, yeah. I guess the news, if there was any quote unquote news to come out of that day, was Alexis Sanchez is staying. Thomas Lamar is mm-hmm. not coming. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Alexis. Uh, what did what did you make of that whole situation? Oh man, that situation was. Uh I guess hectic would be the uh, best way to say it. As per usual, Arsenal doesn't really do very much in the first three months and 29 days of the transfer window. And you just obviously get all these rumors. We've been hearing Alexis be uh, linked to Manchester City tons of times. Also a few other teams like Bayern and PSG. I was hoping that he would never go to Man City because that's a direct rival of ours. Uh, But that last day was just crazy because Early on in the day, you hear that they agreed a deal, and you're just like, okay. Well, at first there was a 50 million pound deal that was rejected, and then later on they bumped it up to a 60 million pound Man City offer to Arsenal, and it seemed like it was accepted. But Arsenal didn't do their homework to get a replacement in time. Thomas Lamar, the guy that we were linked to since about May, it seemed like that didn't go through either because of on one side it was because Lamar didn't want to stay or didn't want to go to Arsenal. He wanted to play Champions League soccer. And then it seemed like um, there was other reports saying that Arsene just didn't want to pay. I know, what did you think of, of the, of the uh, sum? It was what, 90 million pounds, 92 million pounds? What did you think about that sum for Lamar? Did you think it was valuable? Do you think it was worth it? Yeah, I thought, I mean, early in the transfer window, uh, July-ish probably, there was, mm. they were talking about Lamar coming to Arsenal for 50 million pounds. And I know that the, 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 uh, the transfer fees have just been going like bonkers this whole yeah. this whole window i thought for 50 Especially 60 million pounds players. yeah yeah i thought for yeah. that price that was a lot so mm-hmm. obviously for 92 mil i would have you know i still think that that would have been way too much for thomas lamar i did kind of get swept up in the hype a little bit though and you know i guess when you lose alexia well you know what i was thinking was going to happen we we're going to lose alexia i thought that we needed to get a replacement and I guess if 90 million was what it was going to cost us, then I guess 90 million was what it was going to have to be. Although I will say, so that was what was negotiated before the match. I believe 92 million dollars was widely rumored. Of course, Lamar goes and has like the game of his life for France. Scores, <laughs> yeah, 
scores like, like goals. yeah one of which was just an absolute great goal so i thought oh okay the price might have just went up so <laughs> maybe 90 great. wasn't wasn't as ridiculous either way it didn't happen and now we're left with basically alexis sanchez on a one-year loan deal for man city for the low low price of 60 million pounds how do you think this is gonna gonna affect his play this uh this upcoming season uh, i don't know i mean i I, I feel like Alexis, you know, last year he was on one extreme where he was, uh, he would run up at goalies and get pissed that nobody else was running up with him. And he'd do all these extreme, you know, his work his work rate is, um, is insane. Uh, I've heard rumors also during training that he's just constantly working out. Even when Wenger has his like group meetings, he's still doing push-ups when everybody else is listening, uh, which is obviously kind of funny because I get it, he's the star and he can do whatever he wants, but that's also kind of rude. Um, but I f I'm afraid that this season is going to be the polar opposite where he's just not really going to care. And it seemed like he was frustrated. I heard that there was reports that he told his teammates uh, for the Chilean national team that he was going to go to Manchester City. Claudio Bravo, the, uh, the goalie of Chile, is a goalie for Manchester City. So, you know, link up with his uh, compatriot there. Um, it seemed like they were happy for him because he thought he was going and all of a sudden he's not going. So maybe the international break happening now is a good thing so he's a little bit you know gets his mind off of arsenal for a little bit comes back later on in the week but yeah i i i'm afraid that he's not going to have his head into uh arsenal's efforts this season what about you what do you think yeah i can definitely see this uh i don't know what's more what's likely to happen but i could see i could already see the worst case scenario of you know he's just like arsenal season kind of goes how every arsenal season goes you know we we mm -hmm. might be looking pretty good, but then, like, come November, December, we're just going to completely go down in flames. And yeah, then at yeah. that point, I think Alexi might just be concerned with keeping himself healthy for the World Cup or mm -hmm. to get that, you know, free transfer, big contract that he's going to get next summer. Uh, mm -hmm. And if that happens, uh, I could see Arsenal just benching him. Well, actually, I could see both. I could see Ar Arsene Wenger just being stubborn and just playing him, even though it's obvious... Yeah. Alexi uh, is not not in it, or he can just bench him, and there's just numerous shots of him sulking on the bench and just looking yeah. miserable. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm already preparing myself for well, the there is worst also another, case. There, there's another option I was reading about. The, um, there are a lot of teams that still want him, and if they get him next summer, it's going to be on a free transfer. With so many teams trying to get him, there is an option that he can still be sold in January for obviously a lot cheaper. So there is, and I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm setting up us, uh, for ourselves for some false hope here. Uh, we can still get some kind of uh, value for him, uh, but that's something that could happen um, because I know PSG and Bayern Munich were, quote, priced out of a offer for Alexis, which is ridiculous because these teams are so rich. But yeah, so that's just an option. Just wanted to throw that out there that I kind of see that that might hap um, happen as well. Yeah, I mean, he won't be uh, cup-tied with uh with a champions league team so yeah, yeah if psg or bayern or some of those clubs or even man city come calling for him in january they need a little boost for their champions league you know he will be available so yeah, yeah I, I could see that that happening as well especially like if things really go south with a with arsenal Let's switch gears over to something that actually did happen. Uh, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain left, oh, went to... Well, actually, he didn't just go straight to Liverpool. It was a little more complicated than that. He forced a move out of Arsenal. So Arsenal goes and negotiates mm -hmm. a fee with Chelsea for £40 million. Mm -hmm. pounds. 
And then Ox decides he doesn't want to play for Chelsea and prefers <sighs> Liverpool. I guess you could say that this is the typical Ox, you know, gets himself into a desirable situation only to mess it all up at the end. Yeah. Um, what did you make of this whole Oxley chamberlain transfer shenanigans? Um, I was actually hoping that he would leave because the three games that he played this season, Wenger kept forcing him to play right wing back and it was messing us up. Uh, when I heard him, the Chelsea thing, for me it was funny because uh, uh, we have a mutual friend who's a Chelsea fan and we're joking around like, hey man, have fun with that headache. But yeah, you, you go from a team like Chelsea that uh, is obviously defending champs and everything and I don't know where he would play to force himself to go to Liverpool, which he might get some more playing time because the quality of players isn't as great as Chelsea. But honestly, whatever happens to him, if he, if he ends up being, you know, Ballon d'Or five times in a row, Good for him. <laughs> um, I just, I just, he had enough tries with Arsenal, never saw it happening. And yeah, I mean, the best of luck to him. We didn't lose him for free in 12 months. We, we got, what was it, 35, 40 million pounds for him, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, the best of luck to him. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he was really integral uh, into Arsene's, Arsenal's plans. He, oh, Arsene forcing him into a lineup, in turn forcing Bellerin to play on the left wing. It was, I, I mean, it was a disaster. And then he goes... Kolasinic not playing at all. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, he plays against Liverpool. Like, well, I don't even know why Wenger put him in the lineup against Liverpool when it was obvious yeah. his head was not in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I've seen him play for what, six years now. Uh, he's got mm -hmm. six goals to his name for Arsenal. Uh, which is less than Koscielny has. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's you know, not gonna—he's not gonna be missed. He had his chances. Um, he the might. Only thing I'm gonna, the only thing I'm gonna miss is playing with him in FIFA because he was so <laughs> fast in FIFA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, we're gonna have to go back to using Theo Walcott on FIFA, aren't we? <laughs> oh man, yeah, I just, yeah. That's if he stays. Uh, is he still on the team? I don't know where he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. So yeah, so. Kick rocks, Ox. We'll uh, move on and be just fine yeah. without you. So anyway, looking back on this transfer window as a whole, you know, it's mm -hmm. easy to be, well, we are currently disappointed at the way things went at the end. I think we got sucked up into believing there was more action to be had. Yeah. Um, but I think if you look at the transfer window as a whole, uh, just at least on the incoming players, um, you know, we got the striker we've always wanted, uh, Lacazette. Mm -hmm. You got Kolasinac. So we shored up uh, the left, left side. And we got a striker. I think everybody would have loved to see a center mid, but but just on guys that came in, um, how do you, how do you uh, assess the transfer window as a whole? Uh, just on the players that came in, um, and, and, go, and guys going out too. Just just and going on the balance. Well, well, yeah, on the balance. Uh, sadly, it's probably probably one of the best ones that we've had in a little while, because of getting that striker that we've always wanted. You know. I've, I've been a fan of Giroud, but Giroud has his limitations. Uh, Lacassette seems like a player who's a little more complete. I would like to, I would love to see him develop into, you know, we have a strong French history uh, of other strikers. So, you know, maybe he gets to that level. Uh, I know he has that pressure on him though, so hopefully he can still play just like he did in the French league. I know it's a small, it's a less tough league to play in. Uh, but I don't know, in, in all, we, we got rid of a few players like Chamberlain that we didn't really need. Uh, Chesney finally left, uh, had that really nice tear, made me cry a little bit, the, uh, the, the, the message he had to, to the Arsenal fans. Gabriel Paulista, uh, same, kind of the same situation, situation as Ox, I never was convinced and it was kind of sad that we had to put him in because of injuries, uh, he left. Um, and then, you know, Kieran Gibbs, one of those core British 
guys that we had for years on our books who would have one good game and then four or five bad ones. Um, I don't know. In all, I think we did some good business. Lucas Perez finally went back to Deportivo La Coruña. Uh, I kind of hope. I kind of wanted to give him another chance, but obviously Wenger wasn't giving him the chances. He felt like he was worthy of more, which I agree with. I feel like he did good every time he played with us. And then Joel Campbell, who just keeps getting loaned out, got loaned out again to Real Betis. But again, in all, I feel like we did fill some holes. But I think the problem that we have are the players that are already on the team that came over from last season. That's probably the biggest problems, like Alexis and Ozil and, stuff, and guys like that. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I would probably give us a maybe a B to B minus. So I'm, I'm, you know, overall pleased. Yeah. Could have gone a lot better. But I think if you would have told me in June that we were going to sign two players that are going to s- step right into our starting 11 and mm. keep Ozil and Alexi, I think mm. I would have been happy with that. And I think it just feels disappointing because I think we got hyped up that we were, that you know we were going to sign another player too. But um, yeah, I think I think overall I think I'd be happy with that. I wish we would have got rid of more players though. Like I would have loved to see Matthew Debushi go. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, shocked yeah. he's still on the team. I would have. Uh, I could see why they kept Wilshire. I think the offers that were coming in were pretty low, and I think for that price, yeah. you might as well just keep him and see if he's got anything left. And uh, yeah, I think. Who else? Yeah, we got rid of Gibbs. We got rid of uh, Gabriel. Yeah, Lucas. Oh, you know, I would have loved to see yeah. Wallbag go. Lucas, I would have. I mean, I can see why we got rid of him. I don't think. I don't, I don't know what happened with that transfer. I'm not sure if that was not an Arsenal guy, but um, mm. he just never seemed to click with with Arsenal. Like, he just couldn't. Ne- he'd get a game, he would score a goal, get an assist, and then yeah. would sit on the bench for three weeks and exactly. then he'd get a game. So I don't know. I would have loved to see him yeah. instead of Welbeck. There was but. A, I remember there was there was that one game. I think it was against Bournemouth last year that we were we were down like three zero or two zero early on, and he was one of the guys. Uh, I'm almost sure it was that game that he was one of the guys that just like was driving. It was a driving force, and he was definitely a player who was obviously not a star and wanted to prove himself. And I feel like he did that every time, but again for whatever reason that didn't happen. But one guy that will be dearly missed is uh, Yaya Sanogo. I, I remember. Don't don't you have like Five Yaya Sanogo jerseys. I do, uh, yeah. In your in, closet, in every yeah, in every color. Um, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. plenty of. Didn't uh, you uh, didn't you burn them like the guys that Le- burned LeBron jerseys when he went to Miami? I, I, I saw that video of you burning all your Yaya Sanogo jerseys because he left. I'm holding us. out. I'm holding that hope that maybe, maybe he'll, he'll find back. his way back. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep him. I'm uh, gonna keep him. For that's now. good. That's good. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one guy that I was actually kind of happy to stay just because our defense needed it was Mustafi. What did you think about all that back and forth? It seemed like a week before the transfer deadline day, all of a sudden he was, I think it was homesick. That was the, um, that was the reason that I heard uh, that Inter Milan was interested to, to get him. Um, what did you think about that? If Mustafi would have left, uh, how was I going to leave our defense? And yeah, what, what did you think about all that situation? Oh man, that was a weird one. It all just came seemingly out of nowhere. I thought he was firmly in our plans. And then, yeah. you know, it, it starts brewing up. Uh, toward the last week of the transfer window that he wanted to leave and at first nobody knew why Arson keeps him out of the Liverpool game and it just seemed like he was for sure going to go and then mm-hmm. we keep him um, and yeah and I guess I saw the story where he's like homesick and his wife is not happy living in London or whatever I mean obviously he's with us for at least the next couple months uh, we'll see what if his wife and him could sort out their uh, yeah. living in London situation 
Um, so what do you think that uh, leaves us as a whole with our squad for you know, the rest of the season? Um, what, do you, what, what do you think we're at right now? I think we're in good shape. I mean, the first three games kind of got us everybody off on the wrong foot. I think we're, I mean, obviously we're down six points now. But, you know, it, it maybe showed that our team isn't ready. But I think on paper, you look at who we have on paper, and we'll go through the list here. I think we're in good shape. Assuming we stay at the three at the back, and who knows if we will, but let's just assume that until we see otherwise. Um, we still have mm-hmm. Mustafi, Koscielny, Holding, Chambers, and Murdersacker back there, and yeah. with Monreal, who can play that left-sided uh, center back. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think we're pretty good at center back, and yeah. I'm not entirely sure we're going to stay at, with the three at the back the entire season. Um, yeah, I agree. And then if you look at who we've got as our wing backs, we've got uh, Kolasinac on one side, Bellerin on the other. I'm okay with mm-hmm. that, uh, with Monreal backing up one, you know, the uh, the left side wing back. If Debushi is the backup right wing back or right back, <laughs> yeah. that is kind of cause for concern. You made the squad list. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. Moving into, well, I'll let you move into the midfield and, and you can talk about you know, or yeah, how do you see our midfield sorting itself out? We got Granite Shaka and Ramsey seem, seeming to be the uh, the uh, middle of the field pair, and then I'm not a big fan of them too because nobody out of the two, they're very they're both offensive midfielders and they don't really know how to stay back. And as we've seen, that's created a few holes um, in our uh, previous games. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then uh, whoa, we have. Ozil up there as well, or Ozil I guess plays more on the uh, on, on the forward line with uh, Alexis on the other side, which are two guys that are in the last 12 months. We already talked a lot about Alexis and his determination. Um, I feel like Ozil kind of has a different determination. Uh, he had that one uh, th- that letter that he came out with talking about you know mm, yeah. talking about other players that you know in the pa- like past players who have been criticizing the team and. You know, we should stop criticizing and start supporting, which is all nice and everything. I'm, I'm sadly a critic of Ozil because I don't really see those words on the field. I don't see the determination from him a lot. But yeah, I feel like the biggest problem in our midfield is that pairing of Shaka and Ramsey. We saw against Liverpool that they put Coughlin in there because he is a more defensive-minded player. But he also comes in and gets a yellow card early on. So does Shaka. Shaka has had problems with uh, disciplinary... Uh, reasons. I don't know. I feel like our, I don't know, when I look at the grand scheme of our whole team, I feel like that our, the center of the field, the center of the midfield is the, our weakest point. And I feel like a lot of the goals that were scored were because of them. Yeah. So here's a part that confuses me about the way the first three games have gone. Uh, yes, Ramsey mm-hmm. is gallivanting all over the pitch. We've seen that. We've talked about that. And Shaka has, he's, you know, given the ball away at really tough areas of the field. Maybe the problem with our first three games was Oxley Chamberlain and Bellerin playing on the left and Monreal and maybe and I'm just hoping out for something optimistic here because because if you think about the five at the back that I named and yes Ramsey and Xhaka are both offensively minded players but yeah. if you have five defensively minded players in your starting 11 the three at the back and the two wingbacks who are defensive first guys that should yeah. be enough. You shouldn't need another defensive-minded midfielder. That would give you six defensively-minded players, and you're basically playing with a That's Jose true. Mourinho team at that point. So I think yeah, yeah. I, I, it should be enough. 
I'm going to say, like, let's just see what happens coming out of the break. Without Ox, without people playing out of position, Bellerin has looked yeah. horrible. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah, he's a good player, and I think him going back to the right wing back side that he's comfortable with is going to be a good thing. Not having Monreal uh, as your middle of your back three um, yeah. where he's not comfortable will be a good thing. So let's just see how it all plays out because it seemed like Jack and Ramsey were so good last, toward the end of last season. We had a great run when we switched that three at the back because it kind of gave you that cover to where if mm. if they left the middle of the park open, well, you still got three center backs see, sitting there, and then you've got two wing yeah. backs sprinting back to, to cover your flanks. Um, that gives you five guys behind the ball. You know, so that, yeah. that should, I think, five guys that are defensive first players should make up for the lack of defensive intensity from Jack and Ramsey. We'll see, no, though. Right, we'll right, see. Yeah, the, the, the games that we've played, uh, we've, we haven't really had our solid three defenders. We've had, I think, Nacho Monreal has been back there all three games. Holding, who's a young guy who hasn't been experimented too much being back there. So that has been mostly the problems. Uh, that, that Jesse goal uh, against Stoke City was a clear indication of Shaka losing the ball. Ramsey, I don't know where he was. And then Nacho Monreal playing poor center defense, which is not his normal position. But yeah, I do agree that if we do have everybody in the right positions, uh, Shaka and Ramsey should be able to work very well, just like they did in the last 10 minutes of that Leicester City game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if we were with four at the back, I, I would say that the Ramsey-Jaka pairing couldn't work. You would need somebody else back there who's yeah. going to for sure stay back. Because if you only have four at the back, you lose the ball in the midfield, it's, I mean, you're in trouble. Um, and so I think I think if, if Jacka can just cut down on his uh, giveaways in his own third, yeah. if he could just be a little bit more careful of the ball, you can pick out some more dangerous passes as you get to the you know the midway, the center line, and and into your own attacking third. Um, but you know when you're on your own half, like let's be a little more conservative with the passes. Make sure the guy you and the you and whoever you're passing to are on the same page. And exactly. and then if you do give the ball up, if you know nobody's perfect, right? If you do yeah. give the ball up, just get back. Do not go chasing the ball. You know, like, let's not make one yeah. problem a much bigger problem. You give the ball up, no big no, deal. Yeah. If you get back on defense, then you've got six guys behind the ball. You're probably going to be okay. So I, let's just see what happens going forward here. I guess maybe this is me trying to be optimistic. Let's, you know, let's just all calm down for a sec. Um, and, exactly. then, and then moving on up to, up to the forward line, you know, we got Ozil and, and Sanchez, world-class players, deserve to be starting. If they can keep their head in the Arsenal squad for the whole season, I think we're fine there. Um, Lacazette and Giroud up top. Um, yep. I think we're pretty good covered there. Um, and then uh, the, the bench guys, uh, who do you see potentially having an impact this year um, coming off the bench? Uh, I think obviously Giroud right. would be a very good uh, bench player. Uh, he's already proven it. Part of me, I kind of want to see, um, I don't know why, but... El Neni for me is a guy that we don't really talk a lot about. Uh, he had a he assisted Lacazette's goal uh, against Leicester City. I feel like he's also I feel like he's maybe a little more offensive as well, like Shaka and Ramsey are. But I feel like he's also kind of like a Lucas Perez, where he's not a star and he needs to prove a lot. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of times when he goes on the field, he does. Uh, I, I wouldn't start him, but I feel like he could give uh, Shaka and Ramsey a break here and there. Uh, 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 Theo Walcott is another guy that, maybe because I can't really think of a lot of other players that will help, you know, Ozil on the, uh, I know he, Walcott's more on the right side, so yeah, he'd help out Ozil. 
Um, Walcott might have an impact the last 20, 30 minutes if he's okay being a sub player. Um, it's funny because these, you know, around transfer deadline, you didn't really hear a lot of Walcott stuff. Um, like you heard Oxlake Chamberlain leaving, um, and he eventually ended up leaving. Um, I don't know. I think Giroud for sure. And then after that, yeah, Elneny, Walcott will give him a breath. Um, I can't really think of anybody else that would be a solid. I, I kind of want to see Chambers give him another try because he had a good year with Middlesbrough last year. Um, and then it's also a strange situation with Murdersacker because he started that Community Shield and he didn't. He played, you know, what twenty minutes or so, or barely that, or something. He had that injury. Uh, it's his last year. He's already committed himself to uh, a, a coaching role with Arsenal. Um, I don't know why he's not going to. He hasn't started at least the last two games. But if he's going to be playing on the bench and we need that help defensively, if we're up 1-0, we need to get that dirty win. I feel like Murdersacker should be given a chance to come in. You know, the last 15, 20 minutes if he's not going to be starting. Yeah, I mean, I think Giroud is going to get a bunch of goals. Um... Uh, as a 60th minute and then later sub. Uh, I think Walcott yeah. somehow always finds a way to get himself to somewhere 10 goals-ish. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how he does it. He usually has like a pretty good run of like three or four games where he'll just get himself like two or three, four goals like in in, in a little month, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, so... He does play uh, well against Tottenham. Yeah, I, so I, it'll be interesting to see where he gets those. 10 goals and I'm pretty sure he'll find a way to get um, yeah. the guys I'm really excited maybe it's just because it's an offensive thing uh, I'm really kind of excited to see uh, if Iwobi can find a way to be a season long uh, contributor because last yeah. year he, he definitely for the first half of the season I would think um, was pretty solid Got himself a lot of games, and then toward the second half of the season, like kind of found himself in a little rut, and then maybe found himself in Arsenal wingers like doghouse, whatever. Didn't get a bunch of games at the end. Yeah. But he was a guy that I was really excited about, um, and I would. It seems like for the past few seasons, there's been a player that's come up, a young player that's come up and really established himself as like a borderline starter. It was yeah. Bellerin a couple years ago. Last year it was Awobi. Um So we'll see if Awobi can uh, learn a new trick or two and get himself to stay in that starting spot, especially if Alexi starts to uh, um, fall apart, um, his mindset. Yeah. I think he's. I think uh, Iwobi might be the guy that jumps into that spot. It's like a left-sided uh, midfield player. And and I know yeah. everybody's really excited about uh, Reese Nelson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've seen clips of him. He's obviously been just killing it at the under-23 level. I'm not yeah. sure. He's I think he's going to get games in the Car uh, the Carabao Cup and the uh, Europa Cup. League. Europa League. So yeah. let's see if he can um, get himself into the uh, the Premier League match day starting 11 at some point this year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see what those guys have. And then, yeah, again, with Rob Holding and Chambers, you'll see if one of those young center backs can establish themselves as a regular. So um, I, mm -hmm. think, I think there is some exciting things to look for. Um, I think all in all, I think our, our squad that we have is not as bad as we feel at the moment. I think we're all just a little hungover mm -hmm. from the transfer window. But uh, we definitely got to start getting some wins under our belt if we're going to. Exactly. Maybe, I don't really think we're going to contend for a title, but if we're going to be in the top four. But actually, yeah, that brings us no. to our another point. Uh, Arsene Wenger has dragged some pretty garbage teams <laughs> into top four finishes yeah. in his 20, 21 straight years of finishing in the top four. Um, yep. What, what do you have as your worst Arsenal squad oh, that, that Wenger has dragged to a top four finish? Uh, so I would say the 2008-2009 uh, Arsenal team. 
Um, I feel like that team was, <laughs> that was a rough the one. beginning of the end. Yeah, it was. Um, it's funny because that team actually was. It was the last time we did. A, we had a decent run in the Champions League. We uh, went to the semifinals, uh, lost to Barcelona, which has been. Oh no, we lost to uh, Manchester United actually, and they actually ended up going on to win the, um, the the Champions League last year. That year, we ended up in fourth place, which is perfect because that's the name of our podcast, and that's where the fourth place started to happen. Uh, <laughs> and the the players that were brought in were players that I remember at the time. It was exciting seeing these young guys, uh, Ramsey and Nasri, come in. Um, you, you saw Silvestre come in, who was, he was a role player for Manchester United before. He was never a star because he was always behind Rio Ferdinand. And, but you thought, okay, that's cool. We got, we got a guy with experience coming in. And then I remember, oh man, the winter transfer, we got Andre Arshavin. He was killing it for Zenit St. Petersburg. He was, he was the Russian Messi before Messi was even a big deal. And... When he came into Arsenal, I remember all my friends I knew I was an Arsenal fan were like, you guys finally got that guy. He scored four goals against Liverpool. It was amazing. Amazing. We could have used those four goals last weekend, actually. <laughs> um, uh, and then the players that we got rid of, though, if I knew now that what we would be missing, I would wish they would have stayed forever. Uh, one of them being Jens Lemon. He was, uh, you know, after David Seaman, he was another guy who carried on, carried on the, the Arsenal, uh, you know, Invincibles. I know he was kind of a a rough guy to to deal with. Um, oh, he's back. He's, yeah, he's back as an assistant coach this year. He's exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's 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 kind of interesting to see how he works with. I think he's a goalkeeper coach, or he's going to be helping out with the goalkeepers and everything. Um, we also lost um, Giroto Silva, which this is my last big point about this transfer window. Giroto Silva for me was the last solid center midfielder we had the the Patrick Vieira kind of style midfielder where you you know pick up the ball from defense and you just send the ball out to the offensive uh, guys and you let them do it I feel like Shaka and Ramsey want to be the guy who dribbles it into the offensive side whereas Girardo Silva did the dirty work he was kind of like what Mascherano was for Liverpool and Barcelona where he kind of did the dirty work wasn't really you know noted a lot for scoring goals and assists and all that stuff um, but yeah, he left on that transfer window, went to Panantiniakos, and uh, just, I just wanted to say that name, it was, it's a really cool name of the team. Um, but yeah, I, and I feel like we haven't really had a center midfielder like that since. Um, but yeah, and that's pretty much for me was the beginning of the end when it came to transfer windows and seasons for Wenger and Arsenal. But yeah, that's my that's my rundown. What about you? What do you think? Was Would you agree or yeah? Yeah, I'd have to agree. That was a pretty... That 08 09 team was pretty rough. And they, you know, uh, Wenger did um, drag him to a fourth place finish. Uh, no trophies, though. Um, a typical <laughs> typical Arsenal November where they, uh, <laughs> I think they got three points in the entire month. Um, they also had a yeah. pretty rough spell in January, February where they had like five draws in a row or some craziness like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely like. Yeah, the wheels were definitely coming off at that point. Uh, the Invincibles were, I mean, I think every single player of that team was gone. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, to, I mean, I remember the hype around Arshav, and I, I you know, I, I think I was sucked up into it, and uh, it didn't really work out <laughs> as we mm -hmm. had all hoped it would. Um, yeah, I think, I think looking back on it, you know, at the time, you know, I had hopes of winning the league and all this, you know, craziness. Uh, you know, looking back on it and looking back on who, who we had on our squad is like, woof. That's a pretty rough lineup of guys. 
Um, not too yeah. many stars in there. A lot of young players. Uh, you know, Fabregas was, I think, um, you know, running the midfield at that point. Good, good young player mm-hmm. back then. Um, I think we had just signed Ramsey. Yeah, we had Will Van Persie was scoring a bunch of goals, but we had Nicholas Bentner backing him up, who was definitely thought he was way better than he was. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was a it's a pretty rough squad. I'd have, if you know, like the thing is, if you look at our squad now versus that squad, then on paper, you know, we should be able to on paper we should be able to finish top four. It just just feels yeah. like we have no chance of winning the title though, not with this squad. No. So I guess it's I agree, and maybe it's because the other teams got stronger. I don't know because I mean Cristiano Ronaldo was still in the league that season, um, but yeah, I. That was also the season that Gallas lost his captaincy, William Gallas, yeah. who came over from Chelsea. For me, I love any player that can cross the, that London divide from Chelsea to Arsenal. And William Gallas was our captain. It was kind of odd because he was a center defender. Center defender. It wasn't like a David Luiz center defender who just roams up front. No, he was a solid de- center defender, and he was number 10, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was, our, he was our captain. And then around November, he uh, had an outburst against some other players. Uh, he lost his captaincy. Uh, Fabregas was our new captain, um, and uh, I mean, uh, for me, it was just again, it was just another issue, an internal conflict that Arsenal has, and it kind of was another problem within the team, not letting them, you know, be a challenger at the end of the season for the Premier League crown. Yeah. yeah. So that's not, that's that was pretty much a rough rough time to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Um, you know, the following year was pretty. It was pretty rough also, I'd say, the uh, the, the 0-9-10 team. Um, mm-hmm. That would probably come into my mind as a second-place team. You still had Almunia in goal. Like, uh, yeah. we, still had, uh, we still thought, you know, Diaby was going to be the second coming of Patrick Vieira or whatever, whatever we thought he was going to be. <laughs> um, uh, and so, you know, we're relying heavily on guys like Samir Nasri and... Uh, Thomas Rosicki and um, mm-hmm. and Bentner. Bentner got a bunch of games that year. I think uh, I'm guessing was that the year uh, um, Bert Van Persie got hurt. Might have been. I think um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Arshavin uh, again, bunch of games. It was <sighs> Alex Song. Oh man, he was oh yeah. Uh, he actually went on to go to Barcelona, so maybe he wasn't as bad as I remember him to be. I know he turned out to be nothing in Barcelona, but. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, that was a rough year. Like that lineup that we we ran out there uh, was it was a bad yeah. Well, uh, bad lineup. That was also a bad year. That was also a bad year because I okay. I, I'm deciphering if it's a good or bad year, also because of the transfers in and ins and outs. Because Arsenal always has some kind of weird thing that <laughs> Manchester City, Chelsea spend millions and we don't. Right, right. Um, that that transfer talking about somebody else who. Didn't do very much for us, and then went to Barcelona. We got Thomas Vermeulen that year, right? Uh, as a center defender, and I know he started off pretty well. He was our, our captain also for a moment there, um, and then we, for me, this it was a very traditional Arsenal uh, transfer by getting some guy called Samuel Galindo. Some, it was a Bolivian kid. Uh, I know uh, Arsene's had a history of signing random Japanese players. I know he used to coach in Japan before coaching Arsenal. Um, <laughs> It was just these like random players that I feel like Arsene wants to sign because he wants to prove that he has that eye all over the world. Uh, this guy, Samuel Galindo, didn't end up being very much of anything. He was a midfielder. Don't ever remember him playing a game. He probably had one or two Emirates Cups starts, uh, but that doesn't really count. We also got Sol Campbell, who was an invincible. He came back, but obviously wasn't the same Sol Campbell. And then we got rid of some other players that were important, including... 
Colotore and Emmanuel Adebayor, who both went to Manchester City, and we all remember what Adebayor did when he scored that goal against Arsenal. He ran all the, the way length the of the field. pitch, the length of the pitch, yeah, to celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans, that, which that was heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. That is peak. I remember when him, uh, that, when him and Henri would play, and like, they would, they had this like celebration, which was kind of weird. It was like this like hip movement thing, and I was like, okay, he's an Arsenal guy. Like you're playing with Henri. That's that's Henri, and you go out and do this a few years later. That was insulting. Yeah, well, that was peak douchebaggery for sure. Um, yeah, that was like trolling before. I'm pretty sure before internet trolling was like really popular. So Emmanuel Adebayor, exactly. he's exactly. like a trendsetter. Might be. I think he was the starter of trolling. I agree. I agree. <laughs> usually, I mean, usually when you think about it, like the the gentleman thing to do. Uh, when you score against a, uh, your old teams, you don't even celebrate against your old team. You kind of, you know, uh, sometimes some people like clasp their hands together and kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for scoring. Um, I've seen people even cry because they scored against an old team. Right. But this guy was the other side. But yeah, I agree. He was probably the trendsetter of trolling I, in soccer. I don't know that Emmanuel Adebayor has ever been confused with a gentleman. So. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, exactly. Ag- agreed. So the point of the exercise was to point out that some of the rough teams in the past. Uh, let me point out one thing too. Uh, just look at the transfer ins and outs of that year. Um, Adebayor mm-hmm. sold for 25 million. Colatori sold for 16 million. We brought in Thomas Vermolen mm-hmm. for 10 million. Obviously, Stan Kroenke's pocketing a nice little chunk of change there. If I do some quick math, it's like yeah. pocketed like 21 million there. Um, and we still finished third that year. So yeah. it looks bad right now, <laughs> Arsenal. It looks bad, Arsenal fans. Uh, but it's been worse. <laughs> it's been worse. And we've finished oh, top man. four. So let's just hope that Arsene Wenger can drag this group to a top four finish because let's not kid ourselves. We're not going to win the league this year. But I think, I think uh, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I think when Liverpool, oh. Liverpool's all excited right now because, you know, they've got, they kept Coutinho and they've got Oxlade Chamberlain. But when they figure out yeah. what they've actually spent 35 million, 40 million pounds on, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think they, <laughs> they're going to be highly disappointed. I feel like I feel like Liverpool kind of just switched with us because they have one player that wanted to leave and didn't. Yep. Like we do. Right. And then they got Oxley Chamberlain. So I feel like they kind of have a we kind of kind of maybe cha- change roles. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, I would like to play them again. I would. Oh man, I would love to play them next weekend and have them start Oxley Chamberlain and just see what happens. But yeah. that won't happen. I so. would <laughs> sub in Cochrane to just two foot him like beginning of the match. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Well, oh. that's our wrap-up of the uh, transfer window uh, and the wrap-up yeah. of our premiere debut performance, podcast performance? I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think it was a performance. I think, we were, I think we were good enough to call it a performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I had to grade myself on a, on a 1 to 10 scale, I'd probably say I had 2, 2 out of 10, 3 out of 10 maybe. 2 out of, two out of 10. Jeez. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty rough, rough pretty rough. Um, oh man! Well, hopefully by hopefully by next week we'll get closer to like a four. <laughs> yes, next week we'll have a preview of Arsenal's upcoming match. Uh, we can talk about who got hurt over the transfer. I mean, over the international break because let's be honest, it's Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. There will be a handful of it's injuries coming out of the break, and uh, yeah, we can look ahead to Chelsea. Is it Chelsea we got next? So that'll be fun. Uh, Bournemouth. We have oh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth first, and then Chelsea, and then and then Chelsea after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So. So, so uh, you know, we'll struggle against Bournemouth like we usually do, and then Chelsea will come in and slap us around, and then we'll, we're, we're going to be saying Wenger out, you know, just like we usually do. 
Right, yeah. I say 1-0 will win against Bournemouth, and then we get hammered by Chelsea. But we can go with predictions next week. All right, sorry you guys had to listen to this whole thing. Uh, Sorry, guys. For Monty Rossetti, I'm Steve Yaldi. Thanks for listening. 